welcome to Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships in popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, she, her pronouns, the Prevention and Youth Education Coordinator at Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Often, young people are expected to just know how to be in relationships in healthy and equal ways, but no one is born having that information. We learn through the examples of relationships that are given to us, and one big place that we see these examples is in the media that we watch. That's why this show uses media like movies and TV shows as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors in the relationships portrayed. But this is not to pass judgment on the media that we're discussing. Our goal with this show is to invite young people in Maine to give their perspective and to voice their thoughts, opinions, and experiences around what they've seen in media and how it has impacted them or the people they know. Every month, our guest speaker chooses a TV show or a movie that they've seen where they've noticed some of these behaviors being normalized, and we discuss their thoughts and experiences and how this has impacted them. There are sensitive materials in and spoilers of the media that we discuss. Our guest this month is Ashley, she, her pronouns, a 24-year-old living in Maine and working at the Maine Seacoast Mission as the Youth Development Coordinator. Looking back on a show that Ashley loved when she was younger, Gilmore Girls, she noticed a lot of things in the relationships in the show that, at the time, she viewed as romantic and ideal, that she's now realizing aren't such great qualities and behaviors. As a bit of background, Gilmore Girls follows a mother, Lorelai, and a daughter, Rory, as they navigate the difficulties around their romantic relationships, their family, and their education and career paths. There are many different relationships in this show that we could talk about, and for today's discussion, we'll be focusing on the relationship between Rory and her first boyfriend, Dean. Rory and Dean met on Rory's last day before transferring to a new school. They connect quickly and have an on-and-off relationship for years throughout high school and college, full of ups and downs, ultimately ending with them breaking up. Today, we'll be discussing a few dynamics that Ashley noticed when she was looking back at their relationship. I'd like to now introduce Ashley to begin our discussion of Rory and Dean's relationship in Gilmore Girls. So our show is all about breaking down some of the relationships that are shown in media where maybe the actions between like the partners shown are not super healthy, but it's being shown in ways that, you know, make it really confusing or make it look like it's really normal. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with this? Yeah, so I grew up in the early 2000s with three older sisters, and we loved to watch TV and movies. Since I'm the youngest, I never really got to choose what we watched, uh, because it was always a fight for the remote. So we watched a lot of shows like 90210, Friends, and Gilmore Girls, which is what we'll be talking about today. From a young age, my ideas of high school and adulthood were shaped by these portrayals of life and relationships and it trained my brain to expect high school and beyond to really be defined by a romantic partner. A lot of these shows show characters in high school or maybe early in college and especially the young females have crushes on the boys. Uh, Usually the popular girls will get boys and that means they're successful. It really made me think like once I get a boyfriend, then like I'm perfect or like life is perfect. And that's how 
That's what defines me, right? So uh, it subconsciously trained me to equate my worth with the approval of boys. Um, And this subconscious perception of my identity and worth being defined by men was really difficult to notice and change. After years of therapy and practice, my self-worth is no longer defined by others. And I'm really passionate about sharing the impact media had on me. Because if younger generations can be aware of this, then the self-exploration work that they have to do in later years to come won't be as difficult for them. I think that you bring up like a really, really good point. I think a lot of times the impacts of media are so under the radar and not noticeable that at the time... Undetectable. Yeah, they're undetectable. Yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, you're being impacted in ways that you never would have even guessed. And by the time you realize your self-worth is maybe defined by something that really doesn't need to be defined by the amount of work you have to put into correcting that and the amount of like time that you have to take to try to you know make yourself know that like your self-worth is so much more than you know your relationships with other people is is kind of it's kind of really difficult yeah I agree so like you mentioned, we are going to be talking about Go More Girls today. Can you tell me a little bit more about why you wanted to talk about this show specifically? Yeah. Go More Girls. If you're out on the road. <laughs> um, yeah, so I grew up watching Go More Girls with my sisters. We're really attracted to the mother-daughter duo because it's a ha- we grew up in a household of all girls. So we loved Lorelai's wit and could really relate to Rory on a level because she went to a private college prep school and so did we. And we really loved Stars Hollow, a really small town, um, unlike the town that I grew up in. So the whole setting of the show is really picturesque and portrays like an ideal life, which led me to glorify the relationships and behaviors of the characters in the show. Uh, just because, like, the way that they set the scene, everything seems so perfect. So it's like the characters are perfect and, like, the relationships are perfect. And that's what I want, right? So one of the relationships that I glorified was Rory's first relationship with um, her high school boyfriend, Dean Forrester. Dean was Rory's first real crush. And despite the fact that they never updated while attending the same school, they were total high school sweethearts. So young Ashley loved Rory and Dean's relationship. He was the tall, cute, all-American boy that noticed the nerdy, kind of quiet girl that kept to herself. She was super smart. And he gave her attention that she really wasn't expecting from him. Um, And then once they became boyfriend and girlfriend, he did a lot of big special things for her like he made her a car and that was like my goals for high school in my head I was like oh my gosh that is like he is the perfect boyfriend I love him I wanted to find my Dean Forrester but relationship rewind Rory and Dean are not as picture perfect as I thought Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. I think, like, watching the show as a young person, I could see, like, 100% how you could see Rory and Dean's relationship and be like, that is so sweet. Like, these grand gestures are so amazing. Mm -hmm. But I think that, like, some of the other things that are mixed in with the grand gestures and mixed in with the picturesque scenes make it a little bit confusing because there are a lot of, like, really controlling things happening, Mm -hmm. but they are mixed in with all of these really 
really amazing things right. to really want to have. And I think, too, Rory's character is really relatable for a lot of young girls of, like, she wasn't noticed by a lot of people. And then this really cute boy noticed her. And that changed her whole world. Like, in the first episode, we actually see... So, Rory, to set the scene, she's a young student. She's, like, straight A's in school. And her dream is to go to Harvard. So, but she goes to, like, the Stars Stars Hollow Town public school. But she has a chance to go to Chilton, which is the private college prep school in the town over. So Rory has been working really hard, like her whole life, to make really good grades in her current school so that she can go to Chilton to therefore achieve her dream of going to Harvard, get a better chance of going there, right? In the very first episode, the audience finds out that Rory has been accepted into Chilton and Lorelai has made an agreement with her parents to pay for it. We've figured it all out. She's going, achieved the dream. Great, right? Well, the end of the first episode shows Rory telling her mother, Lorelai, that she no longer wants to go to Chilton. She makes up all these reasons. Oh, it's too expensive. It's just not the right time. It's far away. But the real reason is because of this boy, Dean Forster, that has shown interest in her and she is now wanting to stay at her current school for this boy instead of going to Chilton. That within itself itself is like, she is so, she's feeling so seen and fulfilled and excited by her feelings for Dean that she's just going to drop everything at Chilton and be with him. And I don't know. It's just, it's hard to talk about because it's like, okay, yes, like loving someone is so special and like you want that. However, she has this incredible opportunity and she wants to throw it away for a boy. And I think it's, yeah, it's just really relatable. And Everybody on the outside is like, that's a horrible idea. Like, even as the audience, as her mother, in the end, she does still go to Chilton. She does not stay for Dean, which is good. And her mother and other people had to talk her into that. But I just think her situation of wanting to leave everything for this boy is really, really, really relatable and a big mistake that a lot of women make. And I think I appreciate that about the show, too, is that, like, she does still go to Chilton and like they show her doing that. Yeah, so it like shows like that initial reaction, like you had mentioned before, so much of an emphasis mm-hmm. on your worth being related to how someone else is viewing you and how yeah. someone else is giving you attention mm-hmm. that she almost throws away this in- huge opportunity. She's literally been working so hard for her like entire life. Really, really emphasizes like all of the kind of feelings around someone giving you that kind of attention. Yes. And I agree. I really, really appreciate that they didn't have her actually not go to Chilton because of this. And that she kind of realized like she needs to go to Chilton. Like this is the opportunity for her because she can have goals and aspirations outside of a 
relationship. Yes, exactly. But how do you think it would impact someone like watching this show and kind of seeing that kind of unfold where she is getting that attention and makes such a drastic decision to say, I don't care about any of my other goals or anything I've been working towards. I want to stay at the school to talk more to, to Dean. For me, I guess it kind of normalized prioritizing those feelings and emotions for other people. Like, my feelings and emotions towards this person overrides any other aspiration or goals that I have for myself that I'm going to drop everything and take it. So, for me, it normalized that step that we take in life of, like, I'm going to make this decision based off of this other person or I'm going to make this decision because like this is what I truly want and how those like get mixed up sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, for me, it just normalized the fact of dropping your whole life for someone else. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like making like life changing and life altering decisions based on, you know, one other person. Exactly. If you're just joining in, this is Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and today our guest speaker is Ashley, and we are discussing Rory and Dean's relationship and Gilmore Girls. And so is there anything else that you kind of noticed in the show that you would kind of like to talk about? It may be like a different example. So another scenario would be their three-month anniversary. So... Rory ends up going to Chilton and Dean stays at the local public high school. Um, But they still date because they live in the same town. So they're still a boyfriend and girlfriend. And for their three month anniversary, Dean takes Rory out to a really fancy dinner. And then he surprises her with a car that he built for her. And he tells her that he loves her for the first time. Rory has a difficult time saying this back just due to some of her family issues in the past. She's not comfortable with saying, I love you back to Dean, which is totally respectable, right? Saying I love you to someone is more than just I like you. Like you're saying that you're in love with them. However, Dean does not take this response very well of her not wanting to say it back. And he just freaks out on her and starts yelling at her and gets really angry with her and he actually ends up breaking up with her. So here we see him love bombing her a lot with this super fancy expensive dinner and then this car and then the I love you and then right when she just doesn't want to say it back because she's not comfortable with it, he freaks out. So he like gives her all of these really, really amazing big giant grand gestures and then the second that she you know doesn't do something that he wants her to do or doesn't say something he wants Mm -hmm. her to say he gets super controlling and he doesn't even try to listen to where she's coming from or even try even a little bit to understand Mm -hmm. why she doesn't feel ready to say that back yet and that's absolutely okay like we said like three months overall Mm -hmm. it's not that long and it's okay if you're not feeling ready to take those steps at any point in that kind of you know time period so him really pushing her into saying that when she's not ready because of a very good very reasonable reasons Mm -hmm. he just doesn't even take the time to even try to understand like he gets hurt because she didn't say it back which 
yeah, I think I would be also hurt if right. I if I said that and I had made all these plans and that was like my goal for the night. I think that would be yeah, that would might make me feel a little bit hurt too. But feeling hurt is no reason mm-hmm. to react in a way that's going to be so incredibly hurtful to someone else or to right. try to control what they're doing or, like, setting that ultimatum or, like, okay, you're not saying right. I love you back, so I'm going to break up with you now. Right. Two things. It's very manipulative. He planned this dinner. He's, like, big car, and he's, like, I'm going to tell her I love her. And it's, like, right when his plan didn't go the way he wanted, freaks out. Like, he was trying to manipulate her with the dinner and the car because he wanted to get the I love you, right? And then doesn't happen for him. Second thing, yeah, we are responsible for our feelings. If our partner reacts in a way that we weren't expecting or feels a different way that we weren't expecting, that is your feelings are, you're responsible for your feelings based off of that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's not to say those feelings aren't valid. Like, I think a lot of people would feel the same way that he might have felt in that moment where he was a little Mm -hmm. bit shocked that, you know, she didn't react in the way he thought. Right. And he was hurt because, yeah, I I think I would be hurt too. But it's not ever okay to use those feelings as, like, a justification to be really, really awful to the Mm -hmm. person that you're with or to, like, freak out and yell or to give, like, these really controlling ultimatums. And it's confusing because when people act like that, they're like, it's your fault. And they will make cases to be like, I did all this for you and you're not saying you love me and how dare you? And it's like they want to turn it on you and their voice is getting louder. But it's like, no, okay, really try to take a step back, look at the situation who's responsible for what, who feels what way, like our emotions like get the best of us sometimes. So really taking a step back and like looking at situations, taking a deep breath and like taking responsibility for your feelings and your actions. Yeah, exactly. And I think you do bring up a really good point too in saying that like he almost just kind of used like the fact that he took her out to this really fancy dinner and he built this car for her, right? They were meant to be like these big grand romantic gestures to show her how much he cared for her, like the level of how he cared for her. But the second he tries to use those things to control what she says or does, mm-hmm. they're no longer grand romantic gestures. They're no longer this way he's showing her that he cares mm-hmm. about her. That is trying to use those things to control what she's saying exactly yeah which is absolutely not okay and so how do you think that that might impact maybe somebody who's watching that and seeing like this whole thing unfold where he is doing these really big grand romantic gestures Mm -hmm. but it's also coupled with him being super controlling as well exactly so when i was watching this as a young person it impacted me in the sense that i was watching um Rory's boyfriend do all these grand gestures for her that I want someone to do for me watching right like I want someone to take me out to a fancy dinner I want someone to build me a car um and it leads you to think that if someone's doing all these nice things for you then you should just you should say that you love them why wouldn't you they've done all these great things and so it shows this scene where Rory doesn't say it back and Dean freaks out. And that makes people or young people perceive that like, oh, just because my partner is doing all these grand things in this relationship, like I 
I have to say I love you or I have to comply with whatever they're saying or I have to go along with it because why wouldn't I? They're being so nice. But this is dangerous because they could also be manipulating you. I think like them framing, them putting it together in the same scene where he's being incredibly romantic and incredibly controlling is confusing because it makes it hard to separate out the okay. fact that he's doing both of those things. Both of those things can be true. Yeah. So he can be taking her out to a fancy dinner. He can be building her a car and doing romantic gestures that, you know, we would like someone to do for us. But he can also be using that as a manipulation thing. Like, he can also use right. that to be controlling. And the second it goes from romantic gestures to him freaking out and saying, if you don't say I love you back we are breaking up. Mm-hmm. All of those romantic gestures, they turn into control. They're yes. not romantic gestures anymore. They're controlling behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I think he continues okay. to be controlling, like, even after this. Like, how they even get back together, I think, is kind of crazy, too. He shows up at Chilton, and Rory is literally being, like, bullied and sexually harassed by another student and i think he's if i'm remembering right he's like stealing her books or something and when dean shows up he gets really really mad because he sees it out of context he doesn't know like she's being bullied and she does not want this to be happening he sees her being close to another boy that is, like, having her books and all of this stuff, and he freaks out again. Like, he wants to come to tell her, like, hey, I want to get back Mm -hmm. together, and then sees her, when she is being bullied by this other student, assumes that it's, like, a romantic thing, and they're, like, just assumes that. And then he gets super mad, freaks out on her again, and it it only ends, like, that whole controlling, like, freak out only ends because she, she then says, says, I love you, which yeah. is what he wanted. Yeah, so I think it just, like, it continues to be controlling. It does. Even after that. I think another thing, too, with this scenario of Dean coming to visit Rory at school, but walking it upon this interaction with another boy, like, he just assumes this he doesn't ask her hey who is that boy are you guys friends like doesn't talk to the boy like no communication there which is not ideal at all you anybody like in a relationship like that you want to just like communicate with them clearly not assume and freak out that's really unfair yeah and i think he does that like like he assumes and freaks out and does not listen to her reasons behind why she's not ready to say I love you. He assumes and freaks out because this other student is literally bullying her and sexually harassing her, does not ask her what's going on. There are a number of other times just throughout the entire show where he shows up, he gets one tiny little picture, Mm -hmm. he does not ask her what's going on at all, does not even give her remotely like even a little bit of a chance to actually say what's going on and he just freaks out on her and i think that's like one of the other big things is that he really freaks out on her like he really yells at her is super mean to her like oftentimes in really public settings yes that too which normalizes yelling at people in public and relationships like if you if you see that happening that is a red flag 
That is not okay. It is not normal. Yeah. Not passion. Yelling does not mean passion. I think we talk about that a lot on, the sh- on like, Relationship Rewind. And a lot of shows show yelling and make it look like, oh, this person's so passionate. They love you so much. They're mm-hmm. yelling. But that does not mean mm-hmm. passion. That does not mean love. No one should be yelling at their partners. No. How do you think that might impact someone, like, watching Gilmore Girls and seeing, like, Dean yelling at Rory and not listening to the context behind what's happening and then just Mm -hmm. going right in on it, but also in a way that they're showing it to make it look like he's just this passionate kid? Right. I think watching this scenario as a young girl would make me think that if my boyfriend suspected that I was cheating on him or he was jealous of me, that I, it was my responsibility to make up for that, for his feelings. Like Rory tries to make up for it by saying, I love you. She feels attacked, like she's doing something wrong in the relationship. So she has to make for, up for it by saying, I love you. When really these are Dean's feelings and these are, this is Dean's jealousy and assumptions and, personal feelings about what's going on with Rory and this other boy that he has assumed. Um, So yeah, for me, it would be just that idea of, Oh, I'm, I have, I'm the one that was wrong in the situation. Now I have to make up for it when really that is not how the situation was at all. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot of times when someone's having like really strong feelings and and they're displaying them in that way. Mm -hmm. It makes the other person really feel like they have to take responsibility for that when they haven't actually done anything. Right. Probably a lot of that does come from watching like shows like this where very frequently there's a situation Dean gets so incredibly upset because he does not wait to hear the whole story. And And he's impossible to reach too. Like even just trying to talk to him. So she just throws her hands up and is like, all right, fine. I'll do what you say. Yeah. Or do what you want me to do. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What do you think people watching like this show or just like TV shows and movies in general should kind of keep in mind while they're watching these things that might be able to help maybe lessen some of like the impacts that we've been talking about. Yeah, so I think that people should keep in mind that shows like this that put so much emphasis on romantic relationships, uh, it does not mean that your worth lies in other people's opinions or if they want to be in a romantic relationship with you. Since Gilmore Girls is full of so many relationships and romantic relationships, um, it's easy to think like, oh, my whole life is defined by the people I surround myself with and the people that approve of me or my romantic partner and maybe what they look like or what who they are and their status. Um And so it's easy when the shows put so much emphasis on those things to really think that that is your reality and your life. But in reality, there's so many different dynamics to being human more than just a relationship and who you like. There's so much more to you who you are than the people you surround yourself with and the people that like you. I'd like to thank Ashley for being our guest speaker this month and having this conversation about how watching relationships in media has impacted her growing up and some of the things to keep in mind while we're all watching our favorite shows and movies. 
You've been listening to Relationship Rewind. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and I hope you'll join us again next month on the third Tuesday from 4.30 to 5, where we will be continuing this conversation and breaking down another relationship in popular media. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcasts at weru.org or on the WERU smartphone app. If you're a young person in Maine who's interested in being a guest speaker on the show, you have ideas of media that we could talk about, or you know of a young person who might be interested, please reach out to me at awilliamson at nextstepdvproject.org. You can call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579 for more support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. If you'd like to reach out for support, but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. 